1: Welcome back to Fuck You. We like the Bengals. I am your host, Alex Schubert. Lloyd is still on the IR. So sitting in, we have, introduce yourself to the common folk.
2: Hi, everyone. My name's Andrew Miller, uh, Andrew Fox Miller on Twitter. If, if I don't even know that I'm not. I'm going to be honest. Alex re- reached out to me. To, I,
1: I, I'm still wondering why you, uh, how you even knew to find me. Like, did you- We followed each other on Twitter, and I think you <laughs> like, interacted with me a couple times, and I was like, oh, yeah.
2: I was thinking about like, like, did the, like, like how many, did, did someone decline? Was it like Paul Danner Jr. Like some guy had dried off his windshield at a Mike's car wash. And he's like, no, I'm busy, <laughs> but there's this Adrian Miller guy. Let me ask him if he could be on.
1: I think I reached out to Paul Danner Jr. Heard nothing. I, I don't think I've reached out to Morrison yet. Um, Rapine had some, a lot of um, like moving stuff going on. So he, um, he'll be, he'll be on in the future. We we're just talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. We work on uh, Rapine's YouTube channel.
2: Yes. I, uh, so I, I help James Rapine his, uh, his website, all bangles.com. Uh, when he first was brought into that, things were a little messy in 2020 and he needed some help. So I've contributed on that site from time to time for him, but we've been really focused in 2021 on his YouTube channel, which is Cincinnati Bengals talk. We've, it's been an incredible, uh, just exponential growth in terms of subscribers and awesome, really community people are commenting. It's great stuff. And, uh, James has been fully leaning into it. So we're having a good time making videos. He's sending me iPhone videos of them out on the field during OTAs. And I'm just cutting them up and trying to make something interesting out of it. And it's just been a blast. So
1: are so OTAs just like open to anybody pretty much? Or do you have to have like special permission to go?
2: You do. Um, so you any the, you do need the media credentials, which where James goes out there and drives me absolutely insane because he'll use full Zoom on everything on his iPhone. And then he sends it to me and it's trying to, Trying to edit a video. I mean, listen, iPhones compared to what they used to be, incredible. But when you yeah. use that full zoom, it's like looking at a Game Boy camera. I'm probably dating myself. I mean, it's just <laughs> so pixelated, and it's a big mess. But they come out great in the end. And it's how does he send to you? To pull it off? How does he send them? Yeah. He uh, it, well, he used to try to text it to me, and then he realized I didn't have an iPhone, and uh, now he's that's just what happens. Like I- like,
1: yeah. I'm a bitch with a uh, a Galaxy S20, mm-hmm. which. Incredible phone, but if you send a video from iPhone to Android or Android to iPhone, grainy.
2: I don't know about you, but all the iPhone owners blame me for everything that goes wrong, too. I don't know if you get this. It's kind of a tribal thing. A bit. Oh, it, you know, a text doesn't come through. Well, that's your fault because you have Android and, and they gang up. Like, everyone it's wants to get it. such a cult
1: iPhone. mentality behind iPhone. It really is. I don't care if you have an iPhone. Just don't. I mean, I, guess, I know iPhones exist. But this shit's pretty
2: good. Yeah, and I don't want to, I just don't want to reboot my entire ecosystem, right? Like, I've kind of got a good thing going. I've got, you know, all the different apps. I've paid for things. and I just don't want to, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm the crazy one when I just say, like, I don't care enough. I don't want to spend $1,000 on a phone either. That's a whole nother thing, but.
1: Yeah, well, also, like this phone, I, like I said, the S20, it's also fairly pricey.
2: Yeah,
1: well. But it's no, also like,
2: don't complain well we can resell it for close to what we paid for it i guess there's that i'll give them that
1: with yeah. the iphone but there's also like i like all my pictures all my texts all my oh. contacts and that would be i don't i don't think it's possible to do that from android to iphone or iphone to android i'm not sure if that's possible
2: i mean you could upload it into like a google drive and share it with people but yeah it's i don't know my wife has an iphone i have an android and things are still working out with us. I don't know why all my friends are so angry at me for not having an iPhone, but
1: it's fine. I think they just want the blue texts and the FaceTime. That's the one thing I wish Android had was FaceTime compatibility with iPhones. And I'm not sure if, if that's possible.
2: Yeah, there's that. It's the iMessage thing, which is a big mess, uh, especially when you get on group messages with people. It's they okay. immediately know someone in here is not one of us when you're like, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah.
1: who's the green text? Whose fault is it that this is green text? Right. Right.
2: Like I respond to a text and I'm like, like, yeah, I, I know exactly what, what, what you mean. Like he is the best. And they're like, who's the best? Like, well, you just said something about Joe Burrow or something. They're like, yeah, I sent that four days ago. Like, you, okay, now we know you're, you're the Android guy. And it's like, all right.
1: It's totally fine. So do you like, so you work with her Do you ever go to these OTAs with him? No, but we're talking about, so uh,
2: I used to work, um, I used to write for Cincy Jungle, uh, it was like early uh, 2010, so I know a couple of guys well, there. 2013, and you, what was great was, not an OTA, but for training camp, as you know, as many people know, prior to 2020, you could just go out there, you didn't have to be out on the, you couldn't get out on the field, but you got a decent camera and a good lens, and I would just go out there and take video all the time, and just that alone, I feel like kind of amassed a little bit of a I don't know, I say a little bit of following on social media for me unintentionally where no one else, I guess, was bothering to haul out a bunch of equipment. I don't blame them. It was a big pain in the ass in the middle of the summer, but I would do it and I'd just get a huge lens. I got there and take photos and I'd be sending stuff. I remember, it was, this is how long ago it was. I would take clips of players, I'd like, get as close as I could to the, the ropes and I would put video clips on Vine. That's where, <laughs> so there, there were oh, people wow. that were excited about that. And uh, it. But here's the thing that's interesting. When we talk about OTAs and even training camp, especially training camp it's so you know again up until last year it's so publicly accessible that you could go out there and document things whether you're live tweeting something or you're sending photos that you're seeing in real time especially with the advancement of course with with cell phone cameras and whatnot yep and people eat it up and i just find it interesting because otherwise i don't know you it's like people don't really cover training camp like you don't turn on the radio and people are telling you how training camp went that day i don't know if it's just hard to talk about um, or it's just not that interesting to a lot of people unless someone's either getting hurt or
1: some major development. Well, someone's we having like burrows this year.
2: Sure, exactly. And I just felt like, oh, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a, an area that I could kind of corner as just a regular civilian walking out here. They're just letting me walk in. Let me just film some things and talk about things. And we were able to ingrain that really and embed it into Cincy Jungle at the time, and it was it was very popular. Um, so. With OTAs that's kind of one of those things where with the site with All Bangles I know James and I have talked about it he knows I've got equipment that I may or may not be able to bring around I don't know (laughs) yet but uh, I feel like that's where I could probably help him out a lot because he's trying to he, he knows ultimately he's gonna be writing and he's trying to pay attention with an entirely different angle where I could be out there trying to get some really cool shots and try to really get some interesting stuff to document from a video and a photography standpoint so we're talking. I don't know if it'll happen necessarily for OTAs, but if, not, if nothing else, I, I would love to be out there for training camp closer.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be so much fun because, like, we've seen, like, pictures and we've seen people take selfies with, like, Jamar Chase and Burrow. and.
0: What makes a life a good one?
1: Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in Every single day. So what
0: makes a life a good one?
1: In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit
0: GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
1: All those guys and Thaddeus Moss has had a couple paparazzo attacking. Not attacking, but like just like snap pictures of them and it just seems like a time where the fan can just see like, like training camp was a while ago. The fan can just go and like watch these people and like, essentially think of themselves as scouts.
2: It's one of the coolest experiences that I feel like doesn't get enough. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a, maybe it's so localized for each team. Right. And I know some of it gets national media attention. Like, you know, Packers are riding their bikes out or, you know, you you talk about Foxborough or back when Brady was there, especially like, yeah, sure. There's, there's some moments, but to be in the city that a team is playing and to be able to have that level of access, you do I don't I never take it for granted. It always feels special to me. I mean, like my 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 kids are still young, but the idea of like I could take the I have done it before where like I take my son, you know, I think he was maybe five at the time, seven now. I take him out there to like a family day or to training camp. And for all he knows, buddy, you just saw a Bengals game, a man. Didn't pay a dime. But in his head, he just saw, you know, professional football. And it's it's a really cool experience. And he was absorbing it. And I just feel like I don't know, that's such a cool way to reach out to fans, knowing that they're not paying anything and to have them out there and make them feel welcomed in, in that moment. And the level of access that people, kids, everybody can have to these players. I just, you know, I, I, I love that time of year. And, and I don't know that I'm the norm in that regard, but.
1: I think what also makes it special is that it's a no pressure situation. Absolutely. It's not like relying on Burrow to like complete this third and 10 or like just get, convert that fourth down it's just Bengals players hanging out practicing and just doing their thing. And just, you get to see, like, you get to see the Burrow versus chase connection. Like not like at LC, but like you get to see in the NFL for the first time at these practices.
2: Yep. Especially when you're doing like the seven on the sevens and things like that, where, you know, yeah, I I, I could understand, especially early on, it it gets a little monotonous for somebody that's not really like a heavy follower of, of football in general where, okay, I get it. Like they're just out there doing drills, just positional drills and things like that. But um, yeah, when you start seeing a little bit of action as camp kind of moves forward in that first week and yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I've always felt like when training camp begins to me, that's when football really feels like it's moving. And for whatever reason, people don't really talk too much about it unless it's transactional type stuff, player gets cut. Uh, Let's get the preseason type attitude, at least locally here.
1: Yeah, because you're also like, unless it's like transact like I said unless it's transactional there's nothing really talked about because you're just talking about the same making It it gets to the point where it's just like overthinking because you're you're thinking about the same takes and making the same takes and it just gets tedious and boring after a while. so just like let's fuck shit up a little bit <laughs> let's talk about this transaction that just happened for a half hour
2: yeah and uh you know and look at otas right like uh i know at least uh james had put out there uh a number of different forms but even on uh, all bangles like the idea that okay uh, jamar chase had dropped a number of passes and he kind of just said it and
0: that Uh got a little bit of
2: attention at least on social media i know like on reddit people were talking about it it was one of those things where it's not really news right it's not really anything too noteworthy but because just the nature of otas in general like it, it was something that was said, and all of a sudden people got hyper-focused on it because we're in off-season. We want to eat whatever we've got out there. And, yeah, so, like, it's things like that. I could – it does get a little, a little slippery slope on what you choose to report on, I could imagine, without yeah. people actually being there to witness it.
1: Like, I saw an article today that said um, for the Lions, um, Panay Sewell has, like – he's like, man, adjusting to right tackle has been harder than I thought it would be. people are taking that as oh my god he's gonna be a busted right tackle I'm like shut up
2: he'll be fine it's it's definitely the the one of the weird times of NFL offseason because the players have more exposure they're not like out with their families and like some of them are just like shutting down on social media like you get basically from January February until up to this point they're out there doing interviews but you're not seeing things so all you're you're just hearing things so what they're saying, you have to go by. And that's dangerous when you don't get to see for yourself what it is that they're going through or what they're talking about. Because you could have somebody at the end of a game say, well, you know, things just didn't really go my way. Or, uh, you know, I was having issues getting out of my breaks. And they're like, cool, yeah, I saw that. You know, I was watching the game. You're you're absolutely right. You talk about training camp even, but especially OTAs, like you hear stuff and you're not there to witness it. Your mind can just kind of take things over and it can be a little tricky, I guess, you know?
1: Because when you said... um... Rapine talked about how Chase dropped passes. Right. That's all fans will see. Like, they're not um, – hold on. Uh, I think it was just a Zoom thing. But, like, like, people fixate on, like, the dropped pass or the – like, they don't focus on, like, the fact that Jamar Chase caught 95% of the balls thrown his way or, right. or something like that. But they'll yeah. choose to focus on, like, the attention-grabby headlines. Like, exactly. say, like, uh, Burrow got picked off by Trey Waynes in practice, or let's say um, – I was going to say Mackenzie Alexander, but he's not even a bangle anymore. So, I'll say Mike Hilton dropped a sure pick, or T.C. Higgins dropped a pass or missed a route or something like that. They won't talk about the fact that they're doing fine the majority of the time.
2: You're 100% right. And then it gets tricky, too, because if you think about it, you hear like the, I know, I know we're just kind of like giving anecdotes or examples, uh, hypotheticals here, but like Trey Wayne's picking off Joe Burrow, You hear that. You take that at face value, but okay. But why? What was, what was the goal? What was the read? How was his footwork? What was he, what was he trying to achieve? And even forget any of that for a moment. Let's talk about the fact that it's a player on the same team you're rooting for that just made a great play against Joe Burrow. you know? So it's like, (laughs) it's so, I, I love it, but I could understand that some people just they're not equipped for it sometimes, and I get
1: it. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if Burrow completes the pass, Trey Wayne's is fucking up. But if Trey Wayne's makes a great play, Burrow fucked up. Right. Exactly. It's uh, yeah. It's
2: it, 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 the whole scrimmage concept in general. It's like watching your friends fighting one another. It's like okay, well, just at the end of the day, um, let's just uh, let's let's make some plays and feel optimistic about whatever happens on either end. But yeah, I could understand if Burrow's just like falling on his face or, you know, whatever. I get it. But, but yeah, it it is always interesting where people like, Oh, our defense really needs to make strides. Well, what if the defense plays, what if it's the defense is the reason that some of these receivers are struggling in some scrimmage type scenarios. Like maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. We can't worry too much about it until we see them actually take a feel in a real game.
1: It's because we're so desperate for shit to talk about. We're just like find the most nitpicky shit. It's like, Oh, look at that play. Let's talk about that for 45 minutes and how that'll screw our season.
2: Yeah. And it's that time of year, man. It's everyone's going to be talking about the practice bubble. It's, it's not just what's happening on the field. It's that, it's that time where we like, it's the nitpicking of like, oh, right. You know, we're not thinking about, you know, any given Sunday now we're thinking about, you know, why, why are they playing out in this field in the middle of 95 degree weather? And and it, it, everyone has, they shift their focus a bit and it's, it's a little bit of a free for all. I, again, I, I keep saying it, but I love it. And I, I probably could imagine why, like, local media doesn't like spending too much time on it though
1: yeah and the fact that you and rapine are is, is like like because like 98 to to even 99 percent of Bengals fans don't go to training camp or otas so you're basically you're basically just bringing training camp to them while they sit on their butts and look for content
2: are yeah it, it's that it's and, and let's be honest like from a national standpoint as much as you know historically the Bengals just don't get a ton of attention burrow's certainly helping in that regard but yep the last thing that you're going to hear about is how Bengals are doing in training camp you're not going to hear like coward talking about that you know what i mean you're not going to hear uh anybody really on espn espn2 any of it like it's just not a topic so
1: it got a little press on mcafee's show a little bit
2: Oh, did it? Just the fact that he showed up to OTAs, Burrow? Yeah, because people
1: don't talk about Bengals training. They don't talk about the Bengals at training camp. They talk about Burrow at training camp. They talk Mm -hmm. about Jamar Chase at training camp.
2: Which makes sense. I get that. And the the headline that it even took place, at least initially, I could understand why they would bring it up. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, You can't just break
2: down tape or anything.
1: Yes. Um, We're going to take a short little break. Uh, we're going to take a, have a visit from one of our sponsors, Locker Room. We'll be right back in just a second. That's right. We're going to discuss Locker Room, which is a live audio-only sports talk platform that is free to download and use. No dollars. No sense. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. And it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. Hopefully Joe Burrow doesn't break his knee again. But if his knee gets broken again, you can discuss everything on Locker Room. You can even share your own experiences on the app. Like we said, Locker Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans where you can start or, or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can do that with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the IOS App Store. Not for Android yet. It is just in the IOS App Store. So join Locker Room. And we'll be back in a second with Andrew Fox Miller. And we're back with Andrew Miller (laughs) Uh, it wasn't even a break. Uh, <laughs> it was just me. I'm going to edit in some ad reads in a second. But yeah, uh, Andrew Miller, all uh, editor for James Rapine. Thank you so much. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we, we were talking about this a little bit before, but you, um, like as I do stand up, and you did it for a little bit. I did. Um,
2: I, I dabbled in just, I mean, we're talking like open mics and things. I would, yeah. It would be like, a, like an analogy would be like, nfl i was gonna say practice squad but that's not even correct it would be more like the fan that goes on the field to kick a field goal to win money Like yeah. except, except no money i mean you know obviously but yep. but like it, that would be the closest i would probably describe it but, but no I, I did i i i off and on for really the last probably seven or eight years and i i love it i remember seeing you go up believe it or not and oh god i'm sorry to hear that at uc to be honest
1: um oh where did you see I think, that like, i think it was a oh. cat I was gonna say Cat I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I bombed at those open mics.
2: Every bo- everybody really bombed. Oh man, mics, I feel like
1: there was a good room for comedy. It's like a it's like a good setup for stand up, but no one goes
2: there. <laughs> no, even to this day. Like I'm asking, I don't because I mean it was always that way with me. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, like I like I don't I don't think during actual. Well, I take that back. I was gonna say there was a period of time when it first came out, Cat You could be at a UC football game and nobody was going inside Katz Geller. And it's literally next to the stadium. Right. Right. With probably less expensive beer and you could still get re-entry and they still, I think it was a little more crowded the last time I was there a few years ago, but yeah.
1: That could be a cool thing, but it's just like so hidden. Yeah. I'm just, it's fine. I went there and like, when I went to UC, when I was in college, I would like go there to study every now and then, but like, it was, it was what it was and i bombed at those open mics <laughs> they try to make it seem cooler than it actually was
2: yeah i remember yeah cats got all over really uh the cincinnati area just wherever it was probably cold and dark and
1: yeah cuz it's that's that's what open mic comedy is to me cold and dark
2: and and that's how i like really all my environments like i'm in my basement right now like there's a reason for that I, like any any setting if cold and dark it's it's perfect for me so
1: yes no because you brought up like you did like mics in like Covington and you did like mm-hmm. go bananas a couple times and and you're wondering like we we're I was wondering just for like my sake because I'm in the scene like would you get back into it totally
2: I think it was just more of a, a it was a level of um I felt like there was a period of time where I felt like I recognized I cannot do this as much as I would like. like, I would constantly be thinking about what I would want to write and do. And I was getting frustrated because I couldn't try it as much as I wanted. And I felt like I wasn't, like for my own personal uh, sort of advancement, I just knew that there's no way I could, it, it, lack of a better way of putting it like sort of the 10,000 hours concept like this is at a crawl because of the amount of time I can put in this to the point where like i might write something down and i'm sick of it before i even say it anywhere that was like how infrequent it was and it was just one of those situations and for, fortunately that i had a, a built-in excuse to just kind of not do it and that was the pandemic of course and
0: yeah, that it was... kept me
2: trapped here and that's really what got me into just the, the idea of you know, YouTube and just getting hyper-focused on how it all operates and sort of the marketing side of it. And how do I take the idea that I have in my head and translate it onto something built in on demand? And that's really what turned into Cincinnati Bengals talk with James. You know, I knew James personally for years. And he and How'd you guys I, know each uh, other? So, well, actually he's married my cousin. That's not, uh, that's <laughs> that's one thing. But it, it also was the fact that we were- we'll say know, it's- we were coworkers uh, a long time ago, um, and he was. Uh, we worked in an insurance office years and years ago. Oh God! And I'll never forget. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't care if I told the story because he tells me it to this day. But I never forget. Like he was wanting to get his his name out there. He wanted to be more involved at um, sports media, and he had an opportunity. That's the boat I'm in right now. Yeah, and get this opportunity for an internship. R. Trill Hawkins. He was doing local radio. Okay. Had an opening for sort of an intern position to be like, learn how to do producer level stuff. And he was kind of dragging his feet. It's like, I don't know if I want to do this. And he's like, I don't know if I like how to get around to talking to him. Like he, I knew he wanted to do it. And I was just sitting in the office with him. I was like, dude, it was like, you, you have to do this. You have to talk to him. Like, right, like you send him an email, get on it, talk to him. And I forgot about that. But years later he told me that he's like, you, that moment, like, like that really pushed me and I'll never forget that. And from that point on, like, I, we, we've always just been invested in whatever projects we had going on and interested in that. And so fast forward, I'm so interested in YouTube and I'm seeing things. And I was like, James, you've got this YouTube channel and you're putting things on it, but I don't know that you're thinking about it when you do. And it's happening once every three months. And I was like, you've, you've got a built-in audience, man. Bengals fans want this content and you're doing it right now on your site. If you already got video stuff, send it to me. Let's see what we can do. And we did it. And the response was more than I would have ever thought. I mean, it was, I mean, we went from, I think it was 200 subscribers when he was just letting it sit idle. And we're, we, we, we I know we cracked 4,000. And that's in, I don't know, two months, give or take. Um, and it keeps that going rules. up. And it's just, it's really cool to see all the comments. People love when he posts stuff. And um, it's, uh, it's just been fun. So because
1: people think of it like Cincinnati Bengals talk, that's like, oh my God, like rapines, a lot of people's got. He's, like, people go to him for, like, honestly, like, analysis. Like, like would you think the, the Bengals are pretty much his full-time job, right?
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, allbangles.com is his primary. But then, you know, he's doing locked on.
1: Um, That's and, right. Who does he do yeah. that with? I forget. Jake go. Okay. Yeah. So and there's
2: the, a whole network
1: the, of those pockets. Like, like there's a locked on for every single team, if I'm not Yeah, mistaken.
2: Yeah, 100, yeah. Yeah, definitely. To kind of, like, allbangles.com you know, you've got all those different you know, those offshoots of the Sports Illustrated brand for each team, much like how Locked On, it's kind of its own network. And they, I know the Locked On is trying to do its own, uh, they're trying to do some of their own initiatives with some, um, their branding and kind of pushing their name out there through, you know, whether it's gonna be more video related things and, and whatnot. But from a podcast standpoint, um, it's done very well. And yeah, so he's, he's consumed with that. He's, he appears on a lot of things, of course. And, um, and then this YouTube channel, I, my, my number one goal for James was, dude, I do not want to create work for you. I just see some opportunity, just hand me whatever you're already doing. And let me just kind of see if anything comes out of it and path of least resistance, man. And, and that's what we started doing. Then he realized the response and now he's like, you know, he's like, dude, I want to do original stuff for this. I want to do
1: this. And that's what he's putting some time into as well. And like, it, it's like, now that he's on this like pedestal of like, he's established himself. He'd be like, Oh, I can give my takes. And like, and people will be like, yeah, I'm with you.
2: Something will come up and go, hey, uh, I just read that, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, it, it might be uh, a player might get released that maybe the Bengals would be interested in. he go, should I talk about this? I'm like, dude, sit down. If you have, if, if you feel compelled and you have a, a take on this, you have an opinion, do it, do it for three, four minutes, send it to me. I got you. And, and then on the back end, I'm, I'm you know, making sure that it, it, it looks good. It sounds good. And, you know, it's something people are going to want to click.
1: And that's, like, one thing that's, like, frustrated me with this offseason is because, like, like, there's been so much talk about, like, possible free agents and, like, there have been extended discussions about players potentially signing for the Bengals that, like, Bengals fans have had, but they end up signing for other teams. Yeah. Like, in mm-hmm. January, I was convinced that Joe Tooney was going to be a Bengal. Yep. I was so convinced. And then the day free agency hits, I'm watching and then, then – the old fucking chef he pops on and says, "Hey, he <laughs> signed a five-year, eighty million-dollar deal with the Chiefs," and I'm just like, as, "He's ruined."
2: As he was sitting on his Aaron Rodgers news. Now I, uh, no, I, I feel like, oh my god, that <laughs> pissed the shit out of me, dude. I, I like I don't. I know, I know, I know. We need to focus, Bengals, obviously, but like, I let's talk about I, that. It's an NFL. I, I got, that's my that's my shareholder certificate behind me. My Packers. Uh, oh, you're a city. Packers shareholder? Yeah. So, it, I, like, okay, I, it, I, I am, I am, I am. Uh, as far as I can remember, mo- for the most part, Bengals fan. But my dad's family is from Wisconsin, so fair. You know, as a kid, especially think about we didn't have Sunday ticket when I was a kid. Like you just couldn't just turn on any game you wanted. It was whatever on local broadcast. So, uh, you know, it was you, you. There would be Bengals games on and whatnot. But my dad, before I was watching really football on TV, like he had Packers magazines with like Bart Starr and things like that. And then he had um, all kinds of like different. Merch stuff that he had from over the years. His family um, was very connected. They were they they lived in with my my grandmother was from Wisconsin, grew up in Des She lived down the street from Curly lambo Like she was a kid, Curly lambo would be having parties in his backyard, and she could like just wander over there and say hi to everybody. It was oh one wow! Of those things. So yeah, like I was a Packers fan just because of really my dad. But then I got you get in school and kids are you know the kids that aren't wearing Cowboys starter jackets are. Wearing Bengals and they're wearing um, stuff. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute. Maybe I should also be rooting this Bengals team. Everybody seems like around here, and uh, you know." And then I never really looked back in that regard either. So that's kind of my two,
1: yeah, my two passions there: Bengals and Packers. Yeah, I was kind of a Packers fan by default last year because one of my fantasy teams had Devonte Adams and the other one had Aaron Rodgers, and I won both of the leagues. So I'm gonna be playing for more money this year.
2: People scored big time grabbing Rodgers and fans. Oh and my fans, God! Sure.
1: He was my He's... second quarterback. I had a, I was in a two oh. quarterback league, and he was my second quarterback.
2: Yeah, yeah. I took him late, and everyone just they always you know they know me in all, all the leagues I'm in. They're like, of course you would. I'm like, listen, you didn't want him. It was the 11th round or something insane. Like, why wouldn't I take him? Like, and sure and enough, it worked out great. Never started anybody else.
1: Yeah, I had Kyler and Aaron for my whole season. It was the best. Oh yeah, fantastic. I don't get shame about my fantasy game, but. Because so like you said you worked for Rapine, and you guys are making like youtube content constantly. because that's what i did with fuck you because like we did like once a month off season episodes like in the past we only did like week one through 17 and then just sat on it for a while mm-hmm. and then one off season my me and Lloyd were like let's just record and bullshit yes and honestly those are like my fa- these are some of my favorite episodes to do Because it's loose. There's not a ton going on, but a little bit. And and it's just loose discussion and it's perfect. 100%.
2: I mean, I'm even talking, James and I are talking right now about doing, just doing a live stream once a week where you just take questions and you could talk to people and just, just interact with
1: fans. Oh my God, Um, do that. That could build your, that could absolutely build your audience. Yeah.
2: I mean, YouTube has that capability of course. So we're just talking and it it eases up my workload because I don't have to go back and edit anything. It's like, yeah, you're there. You're, you're, it's live and we'll just repost it after the fact. And, um, and it'll be engaging that way. So yeah, like things like that. I just find, uh, you know the platform i feel like he is um again he kind of had a built-in following and it just worked out well it's not that easy for everybody and he's fortunate in that regard but um it's just been fun learning a lot and communicating with him and, and getting uh you know uh, all the different footage and things like that um so we're trying to step it up and do some different things in the offseason while we have the time
1: because i remember i was say, that's awesome because i remember seeing him on like late night nbc sports talk for like wlwt like back like four or so years ago or something like that
2: yeah and you know now even occasionally we put a few videos up but you know like fox 19 he'll get on and he'll talk to you know for fox 19 now he'll get on and and do you know some sort of take on you know the draft or what have you so he's still doing some some things there but yeah not not the same regularity of course
1: yeah and i'm sure like during the season he's just like again lock he no pun intended he's locked on the Bengals.
2: oh yeah absolutely it's uh It it does get a little stressful, like because you think about it from a YouTube format, like you usually you just kind of post things like I get I get it. Like people are out there doing like reaction videos to something like trailer that just came out five minutes ago and they just like I gotta get this out immediately. It's time sensitive. People
1: love reaction videos. I
2: I absolutely love them and I get why people shit all of them. I totally I am right there with you. I understand. I am not gonna judge you for hating them, but understand that it's like I I don't know, it, like I'm that type of person that's like, I need you to hear this song and I need to watch you listen to it. Like I am that person with my friends at times where I'm like, you don't understand how this is going to change the way you thought about a lot of things. And I need to see it in every <laughs> possible way in your face. And like, that was me. So I am the, like, I am prime. You put a reaction video out there. I'm just gonna watch it and absorb it. Cause I'm like, I, like I'm living vicariously in that moment.
1: Yeah. And, and it's like, cause I'm also like kind of a metalcore fan. Mm. and for like music and stuff and I love like because like when I enjoy a song I also want to see another person enjoy it too.
2: Yeah it's at the point I'm like I don't even care if you're faking it like I'm sure you've never heard like you know what I mean like people like have you seen some of these reaction channels they'll have like seriously like 400 videos and three to 400 of them are song. like they're all songs anyone should know and I can understand a few slip by you, but when it gets ridiculous, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, like this is never...
1: me hearing Down With The Sickness for the first time. I'm like, shut up. Or My grandma's like, heard this song, maybe. Yeah. Or even like, like, okay, here I am listening to
2: Hey Jude. I've never heard this one before. And, then, <laughs> and now it's Enter Sandman and now Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's like, you had me on the first one and now we're getting like 10 deep. And it's like, there's no, like the fact that you knew how to turn on your computer and record this, tells me that it's not possible for you to have that quantity of songs you've never heard
1: and they're sometimes like a band i like reached out to a reaction guy and they're like hey we want you to like react to one of our new songs and he was just like they're like there was no vetting process he's just like yeah i'll do it and he's just like all of a sudden just made a reaction video off of a, a band that he allegedly had never heard before right
2: oh it's, it's all a quantity game with i feel like with a lot of his reaction channels but and look, again, if it, lying about them it, themselves. I still eat it up. It's like I want them to lie to me. I'm just like, I'm, I'm here for it. I don't care.
1: Yeah. And they make like their silly faces and they're like, oh my God, I love it so much.
2: Like, yeah. 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 Like you live like, like, eight, like, like ACDC Thunderstruck. And like, I did not know a guitar could do that. Like, do you just listen to, you know what I mean? Like, you just listen to Kirk Hammett play. How did you not know? Like, oh, okay.
1: You know, is that even a real guitar?
2: You know, you're like, what? Come on.
1: ACDC is like, they're fine to me, but they're one of the best guitar bands maybe ever. Oh, that, that, that is
2: yeah,
1: by far. I mean, like the, when
2: you talk about like hooks, like that's guitar hooks, like the riffs on like that they came up with and were just consistently delivering. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. They're like, it, like, it may be like, cause I've never liked Brian Johnson as a vocalist. I just found it kind of hard to listen to at times. Like Bon Scott's the best vocalist of ACDC. But I wouldn't that, no. Yeah. But, I mean, I grew up um, – a, a Tony Hawk video game I played constantly, their theme song was TNT.
2: Yeah.
1: And that just made me, like, kind of have a little bit of a soft spot, a big soft spot for Bon Scott.
2: Bon Scott, it's, it is – yeah, it's kind of a, a similar parallel if you look at, like, Van Halen. In other words, like, yep. there was a swagger to David Lee Roth. Hagar was great, but you knew where you were getting with him, and he brought them into the popularity, right? Uh, they, you know, they hit number one albums on the charts. Like, I get it. But uh, yeah, I I totally yeah. There's there's something to Bond Scott. He's kind of got that factor that you just can't replicate.
1: Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, we'll go back to Bengals in a second. But like Brian Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, was in an ACDC tribute band before right? he became like that's how they come. Like he was in an ACDC like tribute or cover band or something like that. Really, it, I I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that.
2: I mean, it's it, either way, it's believable because he sounded about as close as you could to bond scott without actually sounding like bond scott if that makes any sense like yes. he could he could sing bond scott songs and it's like okay that works like david lee roth could not sing sammy hagar songs there's just yeah. it wouldn't work that way the other way around you know so
1: yeah and even more modern like one of my favorite bands growing up was uh three days grace i don't know if sure. you know that yeah yeah and um their singer quit the one that had like they like they're so they broke out yeah yeah and then after their album transit of venus came like three months after he's just like i'm too sick and i've been touring for 15 years and just he big, was just like grind rehabbing and he did a bunch of drugs and shit And then he's like yeah. i gotta just like take a step back and then a new guy came in and it's like i wanted to be the same band, but it's not i get it yeah there's
2: it's so hard with singers man like it's one thing when you've got a rhythm guitarist, and you replace it with another one. There are very few that just separate themselves among the others, but with a singer, it's so
1: it's tough. It's difficult to be like, all right, this is my life now, right? Like this is like this is us now,
2: right? You, you so, know how? Yeah, yeah. Listener, you identified this sound and the the person that, that sound that is the same from a you know a a, a, a like a timbre and and sort of level of like it, it's the one thing that you identify with, and we're going to change that on you every song moving yep. forward.
1: We will once again be discussing locker room. Like we mentioned earlier it is a live audio only sports talk platform that is free to download and use on the iOS app store. You can talk to fans, athletes and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And you can even share your own experiences on the app. Like we said, it's a free audio-only sports uh, social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can talk with fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. If you don't get it, you are completely missing out. All you need to do... Is download the locker room app free in the iOS app store? Yes, completely, one hundred percent free. No quarters, no dollars, no pennies, maybe dimes, no nickels, no pennies. Completely free. Download locker room. So back to the Bengals. Um, we were uh, discussing OTAs. We we're talking. Yeah. I think before we were talking about Burrow's rehab and also the fact that he has turned into a fucking gym rat at something Have you seen the new pictures of Burrow? The picture, like, of him at OTAs? Yeah, him at OTAs, like... Oh, yeah. No homo. His forearms are gigantic.
2: Yeah, like, like yeah, his, his arms almost look like Jamar Chase's legs. Yeah. Like, he's just, like... he's yoked right now. He's, he is, and you know what? They talk, I mean, it, it's, I, it wouldn't have been a surpri- uh, surprise anyway, but they did kind of Allude to it, or maybe flat out say it. If you think about when they did the uh, uh, actually, it was actually during OTS 2 they talked about how much he was in the gym. But uh, I'm thinking about the when they were signing like free agents and things, and th- there were people that basically said, like, like he's like, like working his ass off, he's out, he, like every time I walk by the gym, he's there, yep. And um, it's like first it. guy in,
1: last guy out,
2: right? We heard it, and then we saw him take the field, and yeah, I mean.
1: I mean, is it he's 85%? saying
2: he's 80, 85% or whatever he's saying. And he's
1: still in the brace,
2: he's still in the brace. I think that's probably, you know, I, I, I would bet if Burrow's saying he's 80, 85%, if he wasn't a football player, let's put it this way. If he was, you were me, you're back to normal now. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're like, you're doing, you're doing your day to day and you're fine. Yep. It's mental and it's your level of comfort and pain tolerance until you feel so for burrow 80 85 that's that's incredible he could live his daily life and you know he's probably being conservative you know what i mean like he's not the type to overhype himself
1: if that yeah makes sense he's a he comes across as a very shy man he's not like he's not boisterous not but all. like i've said this before he has like <sighs> this is gonna be a weird thing to say he secretly has a giant cock for confidence. Like, you know, just deep down, he's like, I'm going to destroy the NFL five years from now.
2: Yeah, no, there's, I mean, figuratively, 100% no doubt. Literally, I'm still willing, I would be willing to bet that as well. But I would just, like, the confidence has to come from somewhere. But I would just say that he, it's the confidence, it's... I, I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking about when we see him go out there and take the field at OTAs the way he did and talk about it after the fact, of course, you know, he went out there and you could tell like he had it in his head that, I mean, for somebody to look at OTAs and, and make it that important to them as a message, as a setting of an example, I know every player showed up and look, that, that's, an, that's an important headline. I don't know that it's a big one, but that's an important one. But the fact that he got out there and he was throwing passes that if you didn't know he had just had a knee injury uh, and if it didn't have that big brace on his leg, I don't think, I mean, cause I know it's OTS, It's not like it's intense, but I wouldn't have thought anything of it. He looked like Joe Burrow to me. You know what I mean? And that's huge. The fact yeah, that he's going to, he from now to week one.
1: No, it's, it's going to be so much because like, again, the injury happened probably six months ago. And honestly, I think a little over six months ago, but this has seemed like the longest six months of my life, partially because we're still in quarantine a little bit. Right. But also it's like, we've had to watch like Brandon Allen, who honestly was kind of serviceable in a way.
2: Yeah. He reminds me like, he kind of gives me that like journeyman vibe, you know, like he's just,
1: yeah, he's got that, uh, that Brian Hoyer vibe to him. Yeah. Like he's just going to, I'm
2: glad, I'm glad he's there. If we need him, I hope I don't need you for a playoff yeah. run
1: type guy. Yeah. The only reason I want to see you on the field, no offense to Brandon Allen. He had some very good games against the Texans, <laughs> but, um, the only reason I want to see him on the field is taking a knee. Right. Yeah. Well, a hundred. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And look, I mean, I think the Bengals, uh, as an organization, I think there's no doubt as much as people like to, they love to shit on the on, on the Bengals for mm-hmm. and, and understandably so for not investing uh, or or you know really like build like in this case we talk about the draft and everything like not building around Burrow and that sort of thing that was the whole mess I'll get I'll that. get that a little the bit trenches, yeah it, 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 I I look at it as Burrow to me like I don't know I feel like everything they've done up to this point is evidence that they're putting everything into Joe Burrow yep they are and nothing about Really, his whole rehab, the point that he's playing in OTAs, the way he is, this is why the Bengals drafted him. He's doing all of those things. And to be honest, if he hadn't gotten hurt, and I don't mean to sit here and look at look revisionist history and all that, but if he hadn't gotten hurt, it's very possible they could have had even six, seven wins that season. Maybe eight. Maybe. I don't, I wouldn't bet on that, but it, people they also do remember well, the injury, <laughs>
1: like, you know? Well, also, they did get two wins while he was hurt. They beat Pittsburgh with Ryan Finley, and they yeah. beat the Texans with Brandon Allen. Yeah. You did that with
2: them. Like, and by the way, let's not forget, of course, I think we all, including the Bengals organization, I think a lot of people had a lot of faith in A.J. Green being A.J. Green. Um, we we're hoping I did, for too. We were hoping for that. And, uh, you know,
1: okay. It's the, first year, it's the first year A.J. Green was healthy fully since 17. Exactly. So, and again, again, we were talking about, like, you hope Burrow can keep rehabbing and go to 100%. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. I was just stalling for a second. Uh, the national media shit on Burrow – or not Burrow. They shit on the Bengals because they didn't draft Sewell. Meanwhile, they drafted Jackson Carmen. They maybe reached – who the fuck knows. They drafted Trey Hill and Deontay Smith. They got they signed Riley Reef, they rehired Frank Pollock, but somehow because they didn't draft one guy in one round, all of a sudden they did hardly anything to adjust their line. That's and I'm, I'm saying this as a guy who wanted Sewell. Like, just because you didn't get the top guy doesn't mean you didn't do anything to fix your line. You drafted three guys, signed a veteran who's been a very good tackle in the league for a long time. And you got one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL.
2: And that last part to me has been the most important. Uh, when I look at this, this uh, off season, right. We could talk about free agency, which I'm glad they did what they did. I'm glad they got Riley reef. I I'm yeah. glad they did with the draft overall. I mean, I have, I have some opinions about some of the strategic element of what they did, but okay. At the end of the day, I'm okay with it. And, to me, Frank Pollack is the one thing that if I, I wish as much as national media shits on the Bengals for some of the decisions they make in this in regard to the Sewell, you know, and, and, it, and, and it's reflective of, like, I don't know about you, I had friends that would, t- they texted me like one of my friends is a Browns fan, he doesn't follow the Bengals outside of division rivalry and immediate text, he goes, no O-line, that was it, question mark, that was it. And I never had had a conversation with him leading up to the draft, I realized, it in that moment. I, I realized it in that moment, I said, oh, yeah, right, you've just been over there being a Browns fan and looking at this moment as I thought for sure they were taking an O-line, completely shocked. So from a national media standpoint, I, I feel like the Frank Pollock thing has been overlooked and I know it's not fun to talk about. I know it doesn't make for a great headline. I think the evidence of him being on board and being, you know, kind of, I know he's kind of put it this way, alluded to it, re-coaching the offensive line. I think that will, to a degree, maybe make some headlines more than his hiring, but I I just feel like it's been overlooked and it bothers me.
1: Maybe in the national media scope, it's been overlooked, but I I think certainly not in Bengals country because they know, because I was thinking now that you have Frank Pollock and Riley reef as new acquisitions, you're basically having a 32 year old offensive lineman. I'm saying that for a positive, not a negative. I mean, be that as it may, but you're having them come in, and you have them basically mentoring not only Carmen Smith and Hill, but Billy Price as well. Yeah. Like Billy Price, I mean, do you see him as more of a guard or a center?
2: They might need him at center <laughs> sooner rather yeah. than. I mean, like you know, in the next year or two, right? I mean, I, it, I, I think uh, I think Carmen they're going they're gonna they're gonna put him at guard and. Yep. If Left he, or right? My my concern is probably right. Uh, and I, I think if he doesn't work out though, early, right? I'm not saying long-term, he he may work out. Really well. That's my concern. What do you do if week one, he's just not ready or he proves he's not ready after week one or week two? Yeah. That's my only concern with Jackson Carmen yep. I'm, I'm willing to trust that the Bengals truly believe and have all the confidence in the world that he is a week one starter. But if he isn't, What's the plan
1: after that? And I don't. I don't know. And honestly, I and I'm saying this to someone who wanted Sewell. I would kind of have those same concerns with Sewell. Uh, yeah. Is he a week one starter? I I never liked.
2: I, I don't. I I want to. I don't want to start with saying I never liked because I did. There, I went through phases. Of course, I went through a Sewell phase, and I, you know, I flip flopped. I'm not. I'm not. I'm willing to admit that, of course. But the the Sewell thing. The, the one thing that did bother me is 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 what you had just. You would reference with people, the national media, and whatever, being shocked about them passing on Sewell, taking Jamar Chase um, from a, you know, a, a standpoint of what Burrow needs and what we need to do to protect Burrow, and Burrow got hurt. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. my thing was, you're putting a lot on one player, regardless, and you're putting a lot on one player that's one of five, one of six, if you want to throw in the running back into that mix. But or one tight five, end. Or tight end. And and it, 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 it was like if people wanted. They wanted the gesture. They wanted the message sent by the pick. And it's not to discredit Sewell or downplay how good of a player he could be. It's just that there was too much, I feel like, in, in the principle, in the, the, just the concept of it. And I never bought into
1: that, I feel like. Just like last year, and I talked of this at length last year, was how the national media didn't want the Bengals to select Burrow there were a couple of people who were like, yeah, the Bengals are going to select Burrow. Don't, Yeah, that's what's going to happen. But the national media was like coming up with scenarios about how the Bengals would trade the pick. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. The oh. Bengals are going to be like, screw all of you. Right. We're going to do what's best for our organization. And also people were saying that like, like the Dolphins would trade like three first rounders to get up to number one to select Joe Burrow. If you have a guy in the, in the draft – That's worth trading three first round picks for, or or whatever it was. Right. You don't take that off because you know he's that valuable.
2: Yeah. And and we talked earlier about the fan duality that I've got going with Packers and Bengals. You could understand why when a report of Aaron Rodgers comes out that he doesn't want to be a part of the team, this and that, I'm already a little bit numb to it because of the the Joe Burrow situation leading the draft it was the whole It's just people just want the drama I don't trust it sometimes for that very reason and it's like oh would it be fun if we had a Eli Manning situation let's talk about the possibilities and it just spirals out of control and it just drives me insane and the Burrow thing I just there was a point where I just started to shut it out and I was just like I I can't yeah can't take all this hypothetical and i get that we're all wounded the, the, the whole carson palmer thing i still feel like stings to this day for a lot of people because we just simply haven't won a playoff game since then. we haven't seen success enough to walk away from and say remember like who even cared about that we're still thinking about it because there's nothing else to think about that can just completely bury it and burrow is the way we could get there And it just sucks that the guy got hurt because it's still, again, open wounds, not fresh, but they're just there. They're visible. We can feel them. They pulsate once in a while when we're sitting in a weird position, whatever it is. And the burrow injury was the worst possible thing that could happen in terms of a fan base that already feels uneasy about everything all the time. I get it. To add on
1: to that, I think an underrated part of the, like, to me, one of the worst parts about the burrow injury, like putting aside like the whole physical thing, it exploded the Justin Herbert hype train, yes, because like now all of a sudden, like Burrow was running away with rookie records. he was like he was he could have possibly broken like so many rookie records, then he gets hurt against the football team, and all of a sudden herbert's the best he's going to be the best quarterback of the class. I mean I, I'm biased, I don't agree with that.
2: Not only do I not agree with that, I feel like. I feel like this season, of course, assuming Burrow plays a full season, which I think he will. Um, I think look, you have Burrow, look at the receivers that he has now when you add Jamar Chase especially, right? Yep, Justin Herbert. Who, who does he have? I mean, like, even if Justin Herbert is as good as people believe he is, he I knows. think Justin Herbert's good. Don't get me wrong. Do I think he is a, a bit overhyped currently? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Do I feel like he has the supporting yes. offensive talent around him that Joe Burrow has? No, I don't. I mean, Keenan Allen has been in the league for how long now? It was
1: 2013. He was a 2013
2: third round pick. There you go. Right. You could, it, 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 what? It, I guess if, if anything, I'm probably I'm probably setting up for po- a possible other element of disappointment to sit there and say Burrow has no excuse compared to justin herbert you could look at it i guess from that lens but the point is that burrow being who he is and that talent around him you add the jamar chase i think justin herbert will not be getting aside from the fact that they're la i don't think justin herbert's gonna quite get the same attention as burrow will demand with what he has around him heading into
1: 2021 And I'll, i i recently heard someone call la like the a really I, i'm paraphrasing you're like the worst big market for sports because it's just like lakers but like the Rams and the Chargers don't have a huge following in L.A. No. Like, you watch a Chargers game on t- – I remember, like, I saw a screenshot of a Chiefs-Chargers game in L.A. where it was just a sea of red in the stands.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, when they moved from – when they moved from, <clears throat> when they moved from San
1: Diego – a fucking idiot.
2: Yeah, when they, when they moved over to San Diego – it was, uh, I think even Rivers had commented on it at the time, which is how bizarre it all was with, like, nobody really showing up. And, uh, yeah, it's a big mess. I, I don't ever understood the two L.A. teams. I, and maybe it's just because I'm from, again, a fan of two small market teams where I'm like, no, this is your identity. Like, to have two teams just always bothered me, at least in the NFL, where I'm like, come on. Like, uh, I, I feel like I would go insane. if there. Could you measure if there's two Cincinnati football teams? Like, I don't even know what to do with my like, I just oh, insane Oh, God, two
1: four and 4-11-1 <laughs> teams? God damn. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
2: a combined 6 wins through two seasons. Yes.
1: Yeah. No. Um I think someone put this really perfectly. Someone called the LA Chargers, they called them the Clippers of the NFL. Oh. I'm like that's perfect.
2: And it's right there. It's it's such low-hanging fruit, but I never thought about it that way.
1: Yeah, they're the Clippers of the NFL. I'm like that's the yeah, most perfect uh, analogy I have ever heard. Yeah. Even I, Richard Sherman was like, "Yeah, Justin Herbert's going to be the best quarterback to come out of this class." I'm like, Oh boy, I mean, I think Burrow has way more targets. He's got Boyd T and and now Jamar Chase, and he's got. What scares me is the drop off after Jamar Chase. It's like I like Auden Tate, but after Auden Tate, it's like, oh boy, (laughs) they're basically receivers who still have to hold second jobs.
2: They might be guys we haven't even seen on the field yet. I don't know. Like they might. Stanley Morgan. It, it, yeah, it, it might be me. I don't know, some walk-on. Who knows? But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, on Tate, I, I don't. want, I would love a situation where all of 2021, and nothing against on Tate. I think he's a solid player. You know, I, I think he's gonna solid have to four, games.
1: really good five.
2: Yeah, yeah, like I think, I think there are gonna be games where on Tate might lead one, like one game or two that he might lead all receivers in receptions yards and or touchdowns that could happen that's what I want from a number four on the roster on the depth chart I don't ever want to see a scenario where we need him like always and yeah and Jamar going out would be the I feel like the I mean obviously we saw it I mean but that would be I feel like the the biggest the biggest loss from what we know up to this point but any any of them I just don't want uh your the depth is a little scary But look, at the end of the day, look at what we had last year and look what we have this year, provided everyone plays. um, This is going to be an exciting team to watch if everyone stays on the field. I keep adding that qualifier, but it's there. We're just all a little – again, we're we're a little raw from it all. I get it. But if they're all out there, this – if nothing else, you know, we've got a defense that – let's hope they become average. We can only hope for that as best-case scenario in my opinion.
1: And that's um, that was one of my big beefs with the uh, the free agency signings was it wasn't just like nothing blew me away with with their defensive free agency signings it was just like Ogunjobi he's fine Trey Hendrickson even with the amount of money they spent on him he's fine Mike Hilton he's fine everyone else was just like fine Awozie I feel Iwuzier, like yeah he was fine. I mean his pass I mean, the defense he was on. I don't wanna yeah. say I don't wanna say Awuzier scares me because of the Cowboys defense, because I don't wanna I don't wanna be the guy that makes Awuzier guilty by association. Awuzier could be a good player. They're pass defense dog.
2: Trey Wayne's coming back, you gotta factor that in too. I know we're talking free agency, but I, I think yeah. about like the way that this defense is set up currently, and I just feel like the reader too added. Yeah, Reader. Reader could very well be, and look, Reader's, he's been around long enough where we just need Reader to kind of do what we're paying him to do, what we expect him to do, right? Yep.
1: Um, him and Shelvin together feel, could be real fun.
2: That could be real fun. And, and that's the thing, like you had in Shelvin, you look at all these guys, right? The one. Think about, if you look at the defense last year, what was the one thing, I don't want to say one, to me, the, the biggest thing, aside from you can argue about defensive coordinator scheme and all that. The one thing I feel like they lacked was those kind of game-changing moments, right? You could talk about how much they yeah. would let, you know, wide receivers burn them. I mean, but look, they, they weren't playing with their starting corners. You Aside, could talk about, okay, they had
1: one game-changing moment on defense last year, and it Jesse did. Bates
2: probably made most of them if they happened, right? And, 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 and they weren't even game-changing. Like, I just look at it like the players that they got, you look at the, the way they describe them you know, uh, like Joby, you talk about the people that they got. It was like, oh, you know, they got a lot of raw talent. They can make some things happen, um, but, you know, we got to make sure that they, it'd be nice if they were more consistent. You hear that a lot about all these players, but what I hear when I hear that is these are players that, if nothing else, despite the way that the defense is run, despite the defensive coordinator, however you want to look at it, they could, on any given Sunday or Thursday or Sunday night, whatever, they, they could make that one play that just kind of changes things. And that's all burrow knees with that offense. Yep. And, 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 and then after a year, get rid of your defensive coordinator, hire somebody else, you know, but, but you got the players that can kind of shake things up. I, I see that possibly happening.
1: The one I want the one game changing moment that the Bengals defense had literally became a meme. The Von Bell on Juju Smythe shyster hit. <laughs> yes. I, i've also said numerous times i might be the only Bengals fan who likes juju smith schuster and i hate it so much yeah it's a I, part I, of me i hate
2: i people I, I don't know how you feel about this but you know the whole dancing thing I, I, is it, it didn't bother me like I, I didn't really care i don't know people are complaining about it like you were like dancing he was dancing on the american flag you know what i mean like or just like he's dancing just, on the it, logo just, yeah, and, and people are like, that's disrespect. That's not part of I mean, Okay, but I don't Oh, care. my
1: God. Just... The word disrespect gets thrown around way <sighs> too much.
2: I mean, yeah. Disrespectful,
1: I, I... be classy. The reason I like Juju is because he's just a kid out there having fun while also being modestly productive.
2: He loves what he does. It's the same reason we love Chad Johnson. You know what I mean? As Bengals. yep. It's boom. Exactly. I don't blame Steelers fans for loving everything he does out there. I I get it. Um, Did I enjoy the memes that came out of that? Did I enjoy the hit? Absolutely. But I wouldn't, and, and I have to remember this. I don't know if it was ever commented on by Juju, but I would imagine if Juju loves the sport as much as I think he does, he probably was like, you got me. You know what I mean?
1: I imagine I have a comment
2: on that. I don't remember. He
1: yeah. did. Um, he said, I think, uh, it was after the Bengals game, Tomlin like pulled him in his office and then and judo. I think the wording of this is very funny. He's like, for the betterment of my team, I'm going to stop dancing on logos or something like that. <laughs> that's that's there, just right. so mind bogglingly hilarious to me.
2: Yeah. That's like a, that just sound, I could just picture him reading saying that almost like he's reading it from a teleprompter. The way the way it was just described to me.
1: Oh my god! But yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I know it's 10:30 at this current moment, and like I said, it's been about an hour. Or so, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll talk. Sure. Um, I'll probably talk to Rapine here over the next couple days, or I'll send him an over the next couple days or something like that, and be like, "Hey, you're you're more than welcome to come on pretty much any time." And we'll talk about like what your YouTube. We'll talk about his YouTube channel and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, this yeah, is. And, Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, when you do that, um, feel free. Shoot me, shoot me a message or something. Let me know that you did it because I, I talk to him pretty much daily. And I'll be like, hey, Alex said he was, he had re- he was going to reach out to you or something just so I kind of get that second voice in there so it doesn't
1: yeah. – In case he misses it or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll probably do that. I'm, I'm probably not going to do it tomorrow. I'll probably do it, like, honestly, kind of after this episode drops, which will probably be tomorrow. But I'll probably do it, like, Tuesday or something like that because – Yeah. Yeah, I got. I mean, it's after Memorial Day. I imagine he has plans, so I don't want to bother the shit out of him.
2: Yeah, I would imagine, especially like OTAs dying down. Um,
1: yeah, you know, and then have, training camp's gonna start. Is done. training camp closed off?
2: I don't know if they've officially said, uh, or maybe they have now. I last I checked, I don't think they had. I can't imagine it would be. I mean, look, we can walk into a freaking like <laughs> and, and it's like master optional. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think any, but I would think it wouldn't matter unless it's a more of an organizational decision from a standpoint of we don't want, it might be more controlled like certain days that could bring fans in. Maybe not as many as they used to. I don't know. Um, but uh, I don't think they've announced one way or another. Um, but man, I would love to go down there either Me way.
1: Too. I've never remember. been
2: you got it man wow. it, especially this right there downtown I, mean, I get it when it was in georgetown it's a whole nother thing and i went out there then i was out there when hbo was doing hard knocks with to out there and everything
1: oh man uh, do you know who's getting hard knocks this year who oh no do you know oh no no i don't know
2: i don't do hard knocks is weird lately especially i feel like they get it in the 11th hour it's like nobody wants to do it and then it's always like you know I, you know it would have been like i guess what tampa bay did it before brady came over there they're never gonna do it again no, maybe they no, would no now
1: uh oh you know who'd be a really good one, and I think this is who—this is my front runner for who gets hard knocks this year. I'm gonna make a—I'm gonna make a call right now.
2: Is this who you want, or who you think will get it, or both?
1: Both. Go on. Jacksonville.
2: God, that would be good.
1: Oh, I like it. Trevor Lawrence, E.T.A. Urban Mart, Ebo. Oh, oh,
2: oh, hey, that'd be that. so
1: good give me that they are stupid if they don't do that
2: like because that's not even because like, usually it's I feel like the top runner at least for me and most people is like what's the most dysfunctional situation like we've got gruden in you know oakland or whatever at the time like, he did that okay. like two years ago right like okay get him over there antonio brown went over there like and he's and case, Mike so get him over there. Yeah, usually that's what i want and look that could be the case for jacksonville but i don't care if even if it works out well i want cameras in there I want to see Urban Meyer, you know, talking to Lawrence. Oh, my was, God, that's right. Urban Meyer, too. Yes. Fuck. I would love Jacksonville. Jacksonville would be amazing. Oh. I don't know. I, like, I don't even know if it's worth my mental energy to think of what other team should be ahead of that because I feel like I'm so satisfied with that possibility. Cowboys. <laughs> like, uh, but that's going to be like, oh, uh, that's, I feel like just going to frustrate Boring. Boring. Yeah, like I hear about Jerry Jones and I don't even know what he's I've doing. heard
1: enough about Jerry Jones and him sexually harassing people. did look that up. Um, I want to know what's going to go with Deshaun
2: Watson. Uh, yeah. They mainly like, because uh, I've got him in a dynasty league and i got to figure out if i got to cut his ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there is. like, my, I've got no
1: other quarterback right now, so. You could sell your dynasty team for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know what, and, and also I think I, and I also have Wolf. James and I actually co-manage this ridiculous. It's with the uh, Dan Claskins. He used to do a fantasy show on 1530. I think it was or something. Okay. Um, it's this hardcore crazy thing. It's like running your own team. It's bizarre. And I only agreed to do it because James was already doing it and he didn't have the time to do it all himself. He's like, let's co-manage. I was like, cool, let's do it. And I learned it for the first time last year. Like I'm talking like rookie draft auction, like contracts, transaction fees, this and that. And I'm like, dude, this is, insane but then I started to like it after time at first I was getting annoyed with it but now I kind of like it so
1: yeah all right dude thank you so much for coming on I know it's getting late so yeah um, a couple things all right I want to get your thoughts on one more thing before we head out and then we'll of do course. some vlogs and then we'll do outros and shit absolutely um so one player that's been hyped up that I am struggling to figure out the hype for is Thaddeus Moss I'm not crazy sold on him hmm as of now, what do you, what's your take? What's your Thaddeus take? My,
2: my take, my take is I think, and, and this isn't going to be a fun answer. I feel like because I, I wasn't super. I, like, I thought it was really interesting. That's about the best way I could put it. I was like, oh, that w- that's pretty cool. But I never thought like this. This is going to change everything. Like I don't no, even I've know that never I would,
1: once thought that.
2: Not even close. Like not like I don't know if he'll even be on the roster like i i like I, I wouldn't surprise me one way or another but i'm 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 so ambivalent like i just don't i i, I don't know i get the connection and all like it's so you know it's seeing yeah. him you know in like, the tight know. end
1: situation with like uzama being rehabbed and sample being a blocking tight end and it's like there was a, there's like kind of a need for tight end and then there's it's, it's exciting fans and i get it
2: Yeah. And it kind of is one of those things too, with like being a Bengals fan is, you know, we've said, we've said, of course, uh, here and there throughout this conversation is it's such a different, and and maybe it's not, maybe we're just way too fucking full of ourselves and our pain. But like, you think about it, like, I don't know, I, I I'm so used to the, and I don't want to call Thaddeus Moss a project, but you're so used to the oh, maybe we'll get a diamond in the rough here. Or there was so much potential with this player yeah. and let's harness it and we'll be the ones to make it happen and it'll be us and we'll get the credit for it. And how many times did we had that for better or worse in the Marvin Lewis era? Like we, for better or worse, it happened. And and that should not factor into any of this, but it does <laughs> because I just, I can't, it, it's almost like my mental energy and emotion into it. I just like, you know what? Let's see what happens with this guy. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's kind of how I'm thinking with Thaddeus Moss. Like, last year going in, in like, 2020 NFL draft, after that draft, I'm like, yeah, let's sign Thaddeus Moss, and it's, like, a cool thing. It could have been – I'm like, I was on board. I was completely on board. Then he goes to Washington for a year, and he – I believe he was hurt the whole year, if I'm not mistaken.
2: He was definitely hurt. Uh,
1: I don't remember if he was – I don't remember if it was the whole season. Yeah. And, I mean, in front of him was, like – Logan Thomas, who right now I joke, he's probably the best quarterback on their team right now. <laughs> that's that's probably. Not I did like Logan Thomas a lot last year. He really stepped it up.
2: Yeah, I was I was I was actually really high on him early in the season for them, and uh, and you know for better like he had his ups and downs, but um, I I actually really like him just from a pure player perspective. Like I think he could go on most teams and immediate like he would be a huge contributor. Um, yep. I would love to have Logan Thomas on the Bengals. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. But then the Dan Dan Snyder, who is an absolute piece of shit, we'll give him up. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking with Thaddeus Moss. I'm like, if you're listening to this and you're excited about Thaddeus Moss, I'm not saying he's going to suck, but temper your expectations a little bit. Absolutely. I would agree so, with that. That's what I'm thinking. So dude, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll plug some things um andrew fox miller tell us about your socials where we can find you and talk about uh, rapine's youtube channel we can find that on and stuff
2: absolutely yeah so uh i'm on twitter uh, and twitter instagram andrew fox miller on either of those and i'll follow you on
1: the gram real quick
2: yeah yeah i I i've only recently become a little bit more active on instagram i'm coming back into that world yeah and the 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 of course all bangles.com so we can go to get a lot of bangles information news just you know different uh, opinionated takes and things especially with james rapine running the site and writing a lot of those articles along with a great team of writers as well and then youtube just search cincinnati Bengals talk and you will find the channel you'll see james rapine's face right there on the logo go ahead and click it and uh check out what we've got i mean we do all kinds of stuff james gives his take on things you'll be able to see some news conferences that you might not be able to readily find that uh on demand and then also on top of that i tend to once in a while do some like I just do like super cuts of players doing things at OTAs and things. We got one up right now just to kind of get some hype going with some, you know, Burrow back in action. So yep. be sure to check it out. It's fun.
1: Yep. Thank you again. So yeah, just find Andrew and all those things. I just followed Andrew on the on the gram just now while he was doing that. But dude, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it's late. I know you got kids. I know you're probably about to nod off and and do some fun things. But okay, love being on here thank one so last much. time. Our outros. One last time, hey Andrew, I think we only have one thing left to say before restrictions get lifted on Wednesday. Fuck you, COVID-19. We like the Bengals.
0: What, man? Fuck you, we like the Bengals.